at the time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Ideas are brittle. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. What's up, guys? In this episode of the Biohacking Secret Show, I sit down with Erwin LaCour, founder of MoveNat.com and one of the pioneers in the practice of natural movement. What does natural movement entail? It's things like hiking, running, jumping, hanging, climbing, self-defense, swimming, dragging heavy things, picking heavy things up, much like a wild animal has certain movements that it needs to master to survive and thrive in the wild. Us humans too have these same movements, but unfortunately, because of our modern lifestyle, we don't utilize many of them. And when we practice fractionalized, compartmentalized training styles like bodybuilding-esque workouts, we end up missing out on a lot of these. If you're familiar with the work of Ido Portal or Cameron Shane, who created and popularized Budokan, then you're really going to love this episode. We dig deep into some of Erwan's philosophies, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. I first came across Erwan's work when I saw a video of him preparing Carlos Condit, who was a very high-level UFC mixed martial arts welterweight fighter, and I was captivated by some of the things that they were doing. I found them very, very functional, but also effective. But this style of training also helps you to stay balanced and able to generate power and explosiveness in unorthodox positions as are typically seen in fights and life, right? You're dealing with uneven ground. You're dealing with situations that are very difficult, if not impossible, to replicate in the gym. So, if you want to check out more from Erwan, you can go to movenat.com, that's M-O-V-N-A-T.com, or naturalmovement.com. Both of those have links to his events. His book, The Practice of Natural Movement, is fantastic. I've got it on my coffee table at home, and all of you guys who are looking to take your health and functional training to the next level and really dig deeper into the practice of natural movement will find that book fascinating and a ton of applicable nuggets that you can integrate into your training. So without further ado, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Erwin LaCour. Erwin LaCour, welcome to the Biohacking Secrets Show. Hey, Anthony. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm very excited to speak with you. I've had your book, The Practice of Natural Movement, on our coffee table for people to come by and read for the past few months since it came out. And uh, it's a masterpiece. You did a great job with that. I can tell that a ton of work was put into it. What inspired you to create that book? The book uh, was announced pretty much uh, literally almost 12 years ago, as a matter of fact, when I made a decision of uh, dedicating myself to, to that idea of natural movement, to the teaching of it, to the spreading of the idea, to make it a, a reality worldwide, um, I had in mind a book, obviously, but I actually did not start with a book. I start with the workshop. I start with the teaching and more teaching and traveling to teach. And then along the way, I, you know, I got, people to follow me, people to learn from me. I taught, uh, you know, people, then I start to have a team. And so 
Uh, it's been a whole decade of being really focused on what was the most priority, which was the teaching of the method, the teaching of the mood, the techniques and the movement. And the book got, you know, sidelined a bit because it just is such a huge undertaking. And I didn't want to write a small book. I didn't know wrong. It was important for me that it was as complete as possible and in some way a statement of you know, the, the, the relevance, the effectiveness of this method, the philosophy that goes with it, the method, the techniques, all of that in a book. So it took me a long time to complete that task, but now it's, it's available. And I think that, uh, people, uh, can see, can read, uh, that it's, it's a big thing. Yeah. It, it's, it's a beautiful piece of work. Thank you. It's, it's, it's both artistic and very practical. Um, and I, I think a lot of our listeners, it, for those that don't already have it would, would very much appreciate it and get a lot of, uh, a lot of value from it for someone who's not familiar with, with movenat.com and naturalmovement.com, someone who's maybe trained traditionally. Um, how do you, how do you explain the difference between gym workouts and what a lot of athletes are doing with what you teach and your philosophies and methodologies? Sure. Yeah. Well, as a person myself, I have trained in diverse sports and diverse methodologies of fitness. I've done Olympic weightlifting. I've done your conventional workouts, uh, which, you know, based on pull-ups and push-ups and crunches and things like that and stretching and yoga and, uh, and, uh, Olympic lifting and rock climbing and whatnot. So I've well-versed in many diverse ways to exercise the body. And as a matter of fact, there's a plethora of options out there. So not so many people, I mean, if you look at uh, who exercises today and the people who do exercise are a minority. And that minority has to choose between a plethora of options. There are so many programs out there, so many diverse sports, different fitness programs and methods and other movement-based discipline, disciplines that it, it's often confusing uh, to choose, you know, which one is best for you. Uh, and um, there are just, there are so many avenues for physical training, right? Yeah. My, my take on this is very simple. I have a question actually for everyone and the question is how would you make how does a tiger or any wild animal for that matter becomes and stay fit and what does fitness mean to them so would you take a wild tiger and be like hmm tiger how am i going to make you fit I might want you to be strong with like muscles that are powerful, but you're gonna have, we're gonna try to isolate your upper body, lower body, you know, hand legs uh, with machines. You know, we're gonna have to do, do serious programs, commit to it. Or, you know, we're gonna make those hand legs super powerful so you can leap and and we're catch your prey. Protein tiger, right. you need to eat more protein. <laughs> but, but hey, exactly, but wait. Oh, wait, so you'll need to make sure that you've got your protein, protein shakes. Mm -hmm. um, 
then we'll well you need cardio too probably so we'll get we'll have to add a cardio program and then you need to be flexible so well we'll need to have mobility training too okay but wait you also need to have a courtesy and agility so maybe some some speed drills, agility training. We're going to put some ladders on the floor. You're going to do this, you know, stepping things and you know, train your eye-hand eye coordination or eye-paw coordination, whatever it is. You know, we're going to try to break this all down for you, Wild Tiger, so we're sure that you're fit. And then if you add, if you're going to ask expert, then they will they will start to argue. It'll be like, wait, 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 wait. Um, First, the tiger needs to mobilize, uh, make sure it's not going to be hurt. Uh, we'll need to look at rehab for some of those tigers. You know, we'll need to look at recovery and what they eat and this and that. It's going to start to become so complicated and different experts will argue as of what's the best program for that tiger. And tiger is going to be like, <laughs> excuse me, guys, but I don't need I don't need any of you experts. All right. Right. To be to be strong, to be basically physically capable in the real world, in nature. Me wild tiger i'm going to do what i do best i'm going to move naturally which means i'm going to do the very movement the skills the skills that i practice since i'm a little baby tiger i would you know crawl on all four and i would hide and i would stalk through play i would learn all these movements i would leap i would balance i would sprint and then i would climb and then i would mole things and pull them and drag them with my from my mandibules you know my jaw etc well i'll do all the things that basically a tiger is supposed to do in a tiger's life and i would just do it every day and that would make me strong and that would make me capable and that would keep me capable how about that that sounds like a simple plan but for most of us humans that would be overly simplistic actually it would be so straightforward that everybody will be like, it can't work. It's too simple. It can't be done that way. It cannot have any value. There's got to be some science behind the whole thing. So we make sure that we are super trained and super fit. And then the question would be, but fit for what? Well, how do you define fitness? Is it just like uh, how much you bench press? Um, how you basically look in the mirror? So that idea, that image of function, even though you may not even verify how functional you are. And what is it, by the way, to be functional? Is it to do lunges and rotations and some balancing on a bozu ball uh, and doing these functional drills and to be you know, decent at doing those? Is that the meaning of being functional? So here's my take. The tiger is looking at capability physical capability for the real world of a tiger. The real world of a tiger is to hunt and is to uh, escape threats and to look for opportunities and to achieve all of that through their movements. In wild, real world environments, untamed, unpredictable for the most part, and constantly changing in diverse environments. That is 
what functional would mean to the wild tigers. So if they're not functional, they're not fit, regardless of what they look like. And to assess that, that capability, you will need to actually look at the movements that you're supposed to do as a tiger, living in the real world, nature, and make sure that you're actually highly capable of those movements. So here's the thing. Most fitness programs do not even look at that at all. They look at plenty of other things. They look at how many reps you can do of a given movement, given drill, not even knowing in what ways that particular movement useful for the real world application. You maybe explain rationally, well, this is good for your shoulders, this is good for your abs, so not to worry if your shoulders, your abs, your whole body has been worked out, then you're probably ready for anything. Well, here's the question, are you? Well, I believe I am. Okay, well, do you want to verify? Do you want to have a certainty of this or a certainty of what you are actually capable of doing and what you are actually not capable of doing or what you're not so good at doing that you might need or not? Do you want to leave it? Do you want to leave that that stone unturned and that stone is a very important stone. It's a cornerstone. It's the stone of your actual physical capability, right? The, the, the tiger would never leave that stone unturned. The tiger will need to know, am I capable or not? Because otherwise I'm not going to feed myself. I'm not going to feed my cubs and the whole, the whole little group is going to die. I'm going to die. My cubs are going to die. I won't have, you know, fitness, eventually fitness is, biological fitness. It's the ability to to survive as an individual, but the ability to reproduce as an individual, to have offspring that are equally healthy and equally capable so that they can in turn have their offspring and then the continuation of the species go on and on and on. We humans are far from those considerations in our approach to fitness. We want to look good. We want you know, big guns. We want the flat butt, flat abs. We want these superficial things. It's okay. But it's it's just the surface of it. It does not indicate any kind of real-world physical capability, again, unless it is verified. So the question is, what do you train for? And what we train you for is that real-world capability. And you have to ask yourself, what makes you a grown-up? What makes you autonomous? What makes you self-reliant? What makes you reliable in the eyes, in yourself, in, in your own eyes and to others in terms of your physical capability? And it's not to have big biceps and it's not to have a tone butt and it's not to have flat abs. Those are irrelevant if you can't run, you can't hang and climb, you could not actually lift and carry a person, you could not go across varied obstacles that it is balancing over them, across them, vaulting over them, climbing on top of them, and all these kind of things. Now, this is real-world physical capability. You, as a grown-up, you've learned to read and write and do basic mental calculations and have basic general culture for a reason. So that as a grown-up, you're autonomous in this real life. But now, 
how capable you are physically is part of that autonomy. And if you're not physically capable, then you don't, you have a limited physical autonomy to help yourself or others in time of need. So when all is all right, you are kind of okay, but maybe one day you find yourself unable to just get up and get down to the floor and get back up on your own. Or if there was an, an emergency, you could not sprint or you could not lift and carry somebody else. You could not be helping anyone and you would even be helpless to yourself. You would need other people who are actually fit and physically capable to help you. Now, here's the question. If you don't train for life, others will have to train for you. Others will have to be capable for you. Do you want to not be capable? Do you want to be a person who needs assistance from others? Or do you want to be a person who has the ability to help yourself and potentially to help others? That is the grand idea. And I don't know of many fitness concepts out there who actually look at that that way. That's what we do. Right. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, you have me thinking about so many changes that we've we've experienced these past few decades. You talked about creating offspring that is even more, at least equally biologically capable or even more. And now we have for the first time in history where children are not expected to outlive their parents. Right. At least in terms of like how long they live. We've yep. taken this transition from uh, uh, many careers that are physically demanding, you know, they're, they're physical labor jobs. And now many people are sitting all, all day long. And it's like, it's like if you took a tiger and moved it from the wild into a 10 by 10 cage, right? That tiger no longer has to hunt. It no longer has to stalk. It no longer has to work itself out of difficult situations. And, and this is sort of the life, the life that many of us are living. And what happens is we're hunting, but we're hunting in a very different way. We're hunting on computers. And now when, when a situation or, or, or gathering or gathering, yeah, hunting or gathering. And, um, and, and our bodies are suffering the consequences. How did you come to this realization? Has it always been your philosophy or did you have an epiphany where you looked at the training that you were doing and you were confronted with a reality that it wasn't delivering the results or the physical autonomy that you desired? Yeah, it wasn't an epiphany for me. It was really an observation that I remember very clearly. I was probably probably like six years old when I made that observation because my, my dad actually was good and my parents both were good in the sense we, go, we would go hike in the woods frequently. And then my dad would sometimes, you know, uh, say, have me climb a tree with him or, you know, do some movement and push my limits a bit. So that was very good. At the same time, we would have those uh, family gatherings where we would go on a walk in the afternoon. And so I would follow along. And fortunately, they would say, let me you know, move a little on the side, go hang to a tree and, you know, then join the group or, you know, walk on the ledge of a little wall where, you know, maybe there was a bit of void. There was a little bit of danger, but it was reasonably safe. And they knew that I was, you know, just, 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 uh, uh, doing it safely. So they would let me do that. At least they were not like helicopter parents, but nonetheless, to me, that was not enough. I was okay, guys. Um, you're just talking about stuff. You never want to move and play and be, be physically active the way I am. It was really, a, an observation that I believe every kid does 
consciously or unconsciously of, okay, you guys don't have the movement I got. You don't have the moves I have and you don't seem to actually even want it or enjoy it. Like, how come you've lost the... I really remember thinking of that, like, it doesn't seem that you actually would enjoy movement. You've lost your enjoyment for movement. Um, and it has never left my mind that idea that m movement was uh, was always limited everywhere. I would go to school, I would sit in school like every other kids and there was hours and hours of seating and I was looking through a window and thinking of, I can't wait to be outside and run and do something with my body. I mean, what kids ha has not experienced that except that today, today, Kids are also thinking of, darn, I wish they would let me look at my phone while in school and I can't wait to get out of the class so that I can go play video games, right? They may not have the same burning desire for, for movement outside, for being outside and exploring the world and being physically active in the world they all have a burning desire for more electronic time. Um, so just like you said, um, not only for the first time in history, it looks like uh, the health stats are going down and where it means that our life expectancy might be lower, but most importantly, our quality of life is gonna be lower because number one, health stats are going down. And number two, movement frequency a lot of people move less uh, in less diverse ways. And basically, so if a person is less physically active, moves less, that's less quality of life. Regardless of what you think of movement, it's, it's something that is just not healthy and that lowers your quality of life. And this is happening. So it's not just about life expectancy. It's also about health levels and therefore the quality of life it's about movement activity that is also lower and also that impacts satisfaction in life and it impacts health physiology so and it impacts what else physical capability so for instance young generations have less grip strength right they have less 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 cardio all their physiological metrics are down. So they're not as physical, physically capable or strong as their elders, right? So what is normal is not just something that has become acceptable. It is something that people don't notice anymore. So they can't even they don't even have to accept it or to question they don't have to question it because it's accepted already and if it's accepted then you don't question it so if you don't question it and because it's accepted that means it's something you don't notice anymore right so you get out in the streets and there are let's say in a city and there are like big crowds there are people everywhere and it's very likely that most of them do not have a physical practice do not have that physical capability we're talking about but don't even 
notice that they don't. You know, it's just, wow. I don't want to be hard on people uh, because my, my hope always is always to inspire people to just get back to their natural movement, to reap all the benefits of it in terms of strength and health, physiological health, mental health, happiness, energy levels, all of it. But, you know, it's just like when you, when you hang out with a person who tr truly has a form of delusion, right? it doesn't matter how much you try to, part of her psyche is refuses to see the problem. So it does not exist in their head. You're like, yeah, obviously that person is, I don't know, whatever, the, whatever the problem is. And obviously they refuse to see it. They can't see it. They can't notice it. So it doesn't matter how rational, how clear explanation you're trying to be like, please, you have to understand that this is your problem. Right? No, it's not. Okay. Well, and then you, you feel like, well, there's nothing I can do for you because just, you just don't acknowledge it. You can't see it. Right. Yeah. So a lot of people walk around, uh, live their life and it's a normal life. And normal doesn't mean anything. Normal is pretty much what everybody else does without questioning, without noticing. So uh, it just, um, you say you do biohacking. Okay, so you want people to, you invite people to realize some of the different ways in, that they live, how they eat, where they live, you know, uh, the environment, what they do, uh, electromagnetic frequencies, uh, sleep patterns, light exposure, everything. You know, look at every pattern. You look at and basically at an energy environment. Yeah. And you try to decipher what the energy is made of and how we can switch that energy to improve life. And if we just do one, if you... Uh, only target one that could help, but that the whole thing is not fixed because you get all these diverse elements, right? Right. Um, so when people are physically inactive and don't even notice, they're like, oh, no, yeah, not for me, or like I don't even need it, I don't want it, I don't like it, whatever. They don't see it as a problem, so that's where it starts. You know, it's like if you tell people, hey, you live indoors all the time, you don't have light exposure. What do you mean? I got light in my house. We're not talking about the light from the bulbs, bulbs and LEDs and uh, screens. We're talking about sunshine, light right. from outside. Okay, where is your light from outside? Well, I go on a walk sometimes. Yeah, well, but then only your face is absorbing the light. You need to take off your shirt yeah. and your pants so that you can absorb more because it's so healthy for you. Well, you could as well take off your shoes and ground your feet so that you can connect to the energy fields from the earth. Then you could also stop eating processed food. Then you could also actually sleep without, you know, depriving yourself from sleep. And you could obviously move and you could move in natural ways instead of like some subjective conventional drills. Right? You want to look at the whole range of behaviors and and if you don't do that then you have only one solution 
Yeah. And that's one positive change, but that's not enough. Pretty much all the rest is, oh, I live normally. But again, normally, in by today's standards, normal means, for the most part, means unhealthy. This episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show is brought to you by Veritas Farms and their full line of CBD products, CBD standing for cannabidiol. Now, we are real excited about this partnership because Veritas means truth in Latin, and we are big believers in bringing you guys the truth, not just through this podcast, but by making sure that any products that we share or that we bring on as sponsors are products that we personally use, believe in, and endorse ourselves. And that is the case with Veritas Farms and their full line of of CBD products. The reason that they're so great, they are full spectrum hemp products, meaning that they have all of the beneficial phytonutrients that you get in a quality CBD product. 99% of the CBD products on the market are CBD isolate, and they're just being resold, meaning they're coming from a few small manufacturers. They've only got one tiny part of all of the important phytonutrients that you need to get the benefits you want from a CBD product, and they're just a bunch of different companies reselling them. Veritas Farms is vertically integrated, meaning they own the farm. They ensure that there are no pesticides being added. It's organic. And then they control the entire process from harvesting to extraction until that product ends up at your door. That's what I love it. It's kind of like farm to table, but for CBD. And the benefits that I've noticed, my sleep is better. I feel like I get a deeper, more restful night's sleep. I'm less stressed. I never have periods of anxiety. I feel calm and focused throughout the day. And it even decreases in inflammation when I have flights or other things where inflammation is an inevitable part of life. You take a little extra CBD and it can be very helpful for stress, anxiety, sleep, and that inflammation. So if you guys want to check it out, we've arranged a 15% discount for you guys. To get that, you can go to theveritasfarms.com forward slash biohacks. I'll spell it out. T-H-E-V-E-R-I-T-A-S-F-A-R-M-S.com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to save 15%. Check out the Veritas Farms CBD. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Well, I, I mean, everything you're saying makes a ton of sense. You step back, especially in the United States, and you look at what is normal. You have to ask. And, and 70% of people are overweight, obese. We have depression levels rising year yep. over year, suicide levels yep. rising. And, yep. and then- It goes so, hand in hand. Yes, exactly. And then, and then yep. what contributes to that? You've got the lifestyle, you've got your environment, which you mentioned a lot of factors uh -huh. that are changing at a very rapid pace. We're more disconnected yes. with, with nature and our nature than ever before. And then you have the stuff that's going on internally, your own emotions, your own thoughts, where you focus your attention. And for someone to even make a change in any of these areas, it has to start from a place of, I believe that I'm capable of more and normal is not good enough for me. I don't want to be normal. I don't want what I'm seeing take place at a mass level. And it seems like you, I've noticed a lot of where you spend your time. You're in, you're in places where nature is abundant, where sunlight is abundant and yep. you're doing things, you're physically active, uh, I would assume daily or close to daily, yep. unless, unless yep. you, you need to rest. Where does someone who is disconnected from nature, maybe their job has them living in a big city, maybe they're disconnected from physical activity and they know they're not feeling well, they're realizing that normal is not working for them. Where do they start? Well, that might surprise you, um, but 
I would start with sleep. Yeah. Uh, you know, so many people are sleep deprived, like chronically, they just don't sleep enough. Um, and it's sometimes because they have insomnia, they have sleep disorders, they can't sleep easy, which, by the way, is a consequence of not sleeping enough. Mm-hmm. So when you don't sleep enough, you'll have sleep disorders, you'll have mood disorders. You'll have all kind of physiological disorders. You'll have cognition issues. You won't have clarity. You'll live in a fog. You'll be irritable. You'll be depressed. You'll be sad. There are so many issues that will arrive just because instead of sleeping at least eight hours a night, you sleep five hours a night, six hours a night. Well, well, it's almost the same. No, it's not the same. Because even if you miss one hour, two hours, three hours, sometimes more than that, and, and you keep doing that without ever recovering, then you should actually never do that so that you don't even have to recover in the first place. If you sleep well, you will start to think more clear, to think better, to, less, to be less irritable, to be less depressed, means you're happier, you're calmer, you're clearer. And now you can start to look at the whole picture and tackle every aspect of your lifestyle. You can be like, okay, what is it that I, now I got my sleep straight. I recover at night. I let my brain rest and do its work at night through dreams, through, through all kinds of activities of the brain and the physiology resets itself at night. And now I'm sleeping enough, so I got that. So I feel better already, much better, okay. Now that you got that, you look at the rest. So what is it that you eat? How do you eat? What is it? What do you do with your body every day? Like in terms of physical, you know, movement behavior. What do you do? Do you just stand and sit? Stand, walk a few steps to the next and for more and just repeat all day and there's no you don't deep squat you don't crawl you don't hang you don't climb you don't run you don't do any any of that then you're going to look at your environments where do do you live are you always indoors are you always confined between walls what air do you breathe what light do you receive what light are you surrounded by is it natural light is it artificial light noise ambiences or or pollution are you always surrounded by nose that it is something you can't avoid because i don't know the neighbor the street at the office or even at your home you always have something on radio tvs never have any silence where is nature when do you look at a landscape what when do you look at a tree when do you look at the clouds when do you look at the horizon for your eyes to see and for your soul to be refreshed by distance. Then you can even look at your own psyche. How is it that you think? Are you absorbed in negative thoughts all day? Redundant thoughts, frustrated thoughts, angry thoughts, sad and depressed thoughts. What are your thoughts? And how do you feel about your thoughts? Do you realize what they're doing to you? Do you realize that nobody's thinking those thoughts for you? Clearly, you've, you are producing those, thought, those thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. And you can always give so many explanations as of why it's reasonably, reasonably or totally justified that you should feel that way and think that way. Oh, but that's every day. And that's for years. And that's your whole life thinking negatively. What's mm-hmm. up with that? Is that something you could change as well? Do you invite a change of your, of your mindset, of your heart set? You see, None of this require those are simple questions. This is just a moment you give to yourself to pay attention to how you live instead of just replicating the same routines and the same reflexes every day. So if you could do that, that would be a great start. That is, that can be a, challenging and scary start because like, oh my god that's overwhelming that's so much but here's the question aren't you already feeling overwhelmed <laughs> by what has not changed for so long that is the question it's a great point we um so there was there was something that i read in napoleon hill's book think and grow rich i guess <laughs> i got little neighbors uh, showing up yeah and uh, they're coming to get my kids. Um, oh, so. cool. Well, the more the merrier. <laughs> right. Um, kids yeah. Wh- happy. One of the things Napoleon Hill said in, in Think and Grow Rich that like really stood out to me is that man by nature is lazy, indifferent, and addicted to disempowering emotional patterns that we are familiar with. And I yeah. think that once we kind of recognize that, it gives us the power to step outside of it. And like before our our conversation here, we went to this spa in town that has like saunas and cold plunges and everything. And one of my friends was telling me that he just started doing a, a no complaint challenge. So it's for like 30 days. You can't complain. Yep. And you wear a bracelet. And every time you catch yourself complaining, you change wrists. And he started realizing how much complaint and frustration was present in his life. He realized that his relationship with his sister was entirely based on commiserating and complaining with one another, gossiping about other people. And they didn't even know how to connect without that energy exchange, without going there. And it's, it's kind of paralleling what you're saying is like, okay, if, if what's not working out, if what you're doing right now isn't working out, how can you do some work to change the patterns in your life to bring right. more awareness to them and then create a new energetic path for yourself? This is a very, very good point. Um, and uh, people may think, well, yeah, but that's more philosophy. Like, how about we don't talk about this? Just can you tell me what supplements I should take that are so good for me? Um, what just simple drills I could do so I get some fitness? Uh, what are some simple changes I could do so that I feel better right away? Here's the question. What do you want to change for? Mm-hmm. What do you want to change for? What you want you are trying to compartmentalize the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You're trying to, and I've been talking about that forever. You know, what I do has never been just about movement. Um, my company, MoveNat, it's a method for natural movement. So if it, this has not been explained uh, in the intro, natural movement is basically to humans what uh, 
movement is to tigers. So the natural movement of a tiger would be to crawl and leap and swim and climb and, and drag things and do all these things. To humans, it's uh, it's hiking, it's uh, running, jumping, hanging and climbing and uh, lifting and carrying, it's swimming, it's self-defense, um, you know, fighting basically. It's, it's all of those movements, ground movement, that's natural movement for humans. It's very versatile. Okay. So why, why, why would you want to do that? Okay. Well, that's because I want to be physically capable in the real world. That's great. But, but in the end, why do you want to change the way you eat? Why do you want to improve the way you sleep? Why do you want to change or improve anything? Well, that's because you want to improve who you are. And what is who you are? Right? It's the way you feel, it's the way you perform, it's the way you look. But in the end, it can be all summarized in one thing. It's about the experience of life that you have through it all, through all these moments, through all those things you do, through all those thoughts you have, through all those feelings you, you have as well. And overall, all of that is you, is your experience of life. Okay, when do you consider change? You consider change when something is bothering you or when you're not fully satisfied, you want something better. Okay, so why would you compartmentalize your physical life, your physiology, which is by hiking, which is whatever natural lifestyle or lifestyle, inten uh, intentional, deliberate lifestyle we change, you become conscious of what is it that you want to change, how, what, why, uh, how it is that you want to live. But in the end, if you do all these things that change your body, you, you say you cleanse those heavy chemicals, you know, you chelate them, that's an important part also. Uh, you are going to uh, have more natural light in your life. You're going to have to have less noise in your life. You're going to have better sleep in your life. You're going to have healthy food in your life, my kids. Um, okay. But in the end, if you're not changing the way you think as well, if you've made your body feel good, healthy, strong, but you still think negatively all the time. Well, you just, you're just better fueling your negativity. You're just creating a physiological support system for a negative for not addressed which, which remains unchanged because it's unexamined and so yeah you'll feel better in your life from a physiological standpoint but you will not have a better life in the sense that your mind isn't positive right and it can be negative in so many ways. It's not just, oh, I have negative thoughts. What, are, what is a negative thought? That can be so many things. That can be anger. That can be jealousy. That can be frustration. That can be depression. That can be sadness. That can be envy. That can be um, uh, self-doubt. 
you know, fear. to feel disempowered, fear, um, denial. Uh, there, you know, look, everything pretty much is binary in this world, right? You have, to begin with, you have good and bad. Right? If you don't, if you believe that those are subjective, then you're totally, totally misled somewhere. There is good and bad. And as a matter of fact, we experience good and bad in this world and in, in, on this plane, on this earth, in this lifetime. Um, but we can choose which one we fuel the most. Um, so, for instance, to be unhealthy in one's body is not going to be seen as bad. It's like, well, it's not my faults, my genes, whatever. But as a matter of fact, physiologically, you're not in goodness there. It can be morbid. It can be uh, just really... Just, not feeling good so there is right away also an impact not on your just on your body but on your psyche and the experience again the experience you have of yourself in which you call life so lifestyle cannot be compartmentalized or you may compartmentalize the way you dress it say okay this is i'm dressing that part here i'm addressing that part here i'm addressing that part but in the end you look at, always you look at the whole picture and you cannot leave any stone unturned and especially not that stone which is that which of your psyche of your mind of your spirit whatever you call that your heart as well your emotional life this is very important so you could be having a like say a beautiful body just one moment. That's, this is real life. <laughs> kids are having a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're being kids. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's all good. Um, you could have that, but it's, it's really incomplete. Whereas you could actually have a person who is very positive, and if they're very positive, they're happy, they're good people, they're happy, etc. And then maybe their their ailments are purely physiological. So basically you would have just to change a few things in their lifestyle in the sense of you know what they eat, and they sleep, being in nature, light exposure, all these good things, healthy things. And then they already have what's essential, basically. That's the real cornerstone of a successful life. It is to, to have a good heart, a good mind, a clear mind, happy mind. And conversely, you could think, well, maybe my negativity, my unhappiness, my depression, my self-doubt, all of that stem from physiological issues that are not being taken care of. My food you know, get my, you know, wrecks my, my uh, gut microbiota, uh, makes, makes my brain foggy and depressed. Mm -hmm. uh, my lack of sleep make my, my, my brain foggy and depressed or irritable and angry, et cetera, et cetera. So everything is intertwined. So whichever way you look, you always come back to the full circle and the whole, the whole idea of what is it to live to live healthy mm -hmm. so um yeah you look at the mind either that mind is anchored in goodness and intentionally rejects a number of negative uh emotions or thoughts that we, you know we can break down we can break down all of that 
in too specific, right? So what is, what is a negative thought or emotion? Well, again, there are diverse types. The same way, what is a positive thought or emotion? There are diverse types. That can be love, that can be compassion, that can be kindness, that can be uh, creativity, that can be hope, that can be confidence, that can be... Uh, plenty of things and all those there's a specific words for each of them and why well because they're not strictly the same right right somebody could be angry negatively the negative part somebody could be angry and somebody could be depressed Mm -hmm. they're both in the negative just differently right Right. so if um if uh you want to have a good life it implies so many, so many observations, so many aspects, so many facets, and you need to make all those separate or apparently separate parts, moving parts, click and connect into a virtual, virtuous, not virtual, but virtuous cycle and circle, mm-hmm. and that's called synergy. You know, you want a symbiotic, you want all these parts to be well-connected and oiled. Um, my, my screen is probably moving because I'm holding my laptop, actually. Um, yeah, that's what you want to do. Yeah, I, so, I found the same thing. I, I uh, just want to say this quickly. My, what my company does, what's our forte, what we specialized on, what we excel, what we're the best at, basically, is to teach people how to move naturally. We teach them techniques. We educate them with the physical capability for the real world that they never got to develop at all or fully in their early years. So as grown-ups, they realize, wait a minute, I'm not able to do this. I'm not able to do that. I don't feel good in my body. That shouldn't be. I have a different idea of myself. I have to change. I have to acquire that knowledge to acquire and develop those skills so they become part of who I am and they become part of my experience as a person who's alive in this, in this world, on this planet. That's it. Now, that's MoveNet. Natural movement is the umbrella. That's the, the overall term that I've coined for this philosophy that is also a lifestyle and that involves since day one. So we're talking about 15 years ago when I s- started to conceptualize this in my head before it was before it was anything when it was just an idea in my head and nothing else right today it's a it's a reality that a lot of people worldwide can experience but it was a whole lifestyle i've always talked about and i remember my first workshops in the u.s i would i would have people do uh, cold immersions trained breathing was number one before i taught them any technique i would teach them breathing we would do intermittent fasting. The last day was spent training while fasting. Uh, I would push their limits. I would push their physical limits, their, their mental limits in the end, the last day. Uh, food was all natural, all proce- uh, not processed, but all you know, um, uh, cooked. Um, there was no processed food. Uh, people were staying five days in nature, sleeping in tents. The whole lifestyle was there. They were going barefoot for food function. 
right? So before any, that's long before, that's before Instagram even exists. That's before some people say, oh, we are the intermittent fasting specialist. We are the, the food function specialist. We are the Irving specialist. We're um, uh, whatever, you know, specialist. And it's okay. I mean, all this is good work and very necessary for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But I had the whole thing covered. Whoever trained with me in those years, um, early years was training all of that when we then we had to specialize on the curriculum the you know the, the level one techniques level two let's move that what i'm doing right now what i'm working on is naturalmovement.com and uh it's going to be basically turning my book into a series of online courses with videos and all so if you've studied the book or if you haven't but you'll be able to study now with videos etc on naturalmovement.com and we will also talk about the whole lifestyle just uh write about um so whoever is looking for a complete lifestyle that makes sense and not just oh i'm gonna look into that program and that brand and that group and that person for fat for breathing and into the other one for food function, into the other one for nutrition, into the other one for light exposure, and into that other one for this and that, intermittent fasting. Well, basically, all these people are right, and all these people are doing something right and doing something precious and useful. Uh, but it's they're presenting solution for one compartment. Mm -hmm. I want to present solutions for living a whole healthy lifestyle that would involve the body, the mind, the heart. You know, um, because then you can talk about relationship. You can talk about so many things, parenting. Mm -hmm. You talk about life. Today, Basically, a lot of people are crying out for inspiration and practical tips, literally on how to live. People are asking, they are browsing the internet, looking for how to live. They're like, show me how to live. Tell me how to live. They're even looking for purpose in life. Like, what's life about? Because if you're born in this society today, you're thrown into that whole normalcy. And that normalcy is telling you, watch TV, play electronics, look at all these advertising, buy all the things that are presented to you, do all the things that society tells you are normal to do and necessary to do. Find yourself a job, now you have money, now you can spend it on all these things. So now it's, you know, just, you're doing the same that you did with your parents, except that now you're doing it on your own, right? Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to eat. I don't know how to move my body. I don't know what to do with my, my mind. I can't even you know, just have clarity with my mind. I don't know what to do with my relationship. I don't know what to do with my sexuality. I don't know what to do with, I can't find a girl. I can't find a woman. I can't find a guy. I can, you know, there is a huge, enormous hunger for mentoring, for mm -hmm. education, for being taught what makes you alive, what makes you real, what makes you healthy, what makes you capable, what makes you happy, what makes you have a good life. This is what people want mm -hmm. because it's nowhere to be seen. Everywhere, 
you have people be like, hey, okay, buy my product. This is it. This is it. Buy my product. Buy my product. There's nothing wrong with products. There's nothing wrong with business. There's nothing wrong with making money. There's nothing wrong with all these things. What is the problem is that there is no cohesion. There's, there is a plethora of offers because all this is free market, right? The free market, it's not just the economical free market, it's the free market of life. Mm-hmm. Choose who we want to be and be that person, experience that person. Choose your ideas, choose your occupations, choose your friends, choose where you live, choose your job, choose your clothes, choose choose your uh, uh, electronic devices, choose your uh, uh, insurances, choose your travels, choose your books, choose this, choose that, choose your thoughts, choose everything. Choice, 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 choice. That's what life is about. Make choices and be happy with them. And if it don't work for you, then change. Mm-hmm. Um, the confusion arises from a lack of an overall operating system for people. This yeah. is why uh, people who provide um, solutions for lifestyle are successful also because that's really what a lot of people are looking for. People are, some people are like, no, leave me alone. I'll choose what I want in every little compartment. I'll go there for my nutrition. I'll do this for my workout. I'll do this for you know, other aspects of my health for my, my life. Um, really, more people than we think are looking for or are hoping that somewhere along the way they could encounter an offer, a, a proposition that would involve every solution they need and that would make sense. This episode is also brought to you by Buy Optimizers and the Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package. So if any of you guys are dealing with suboptimal digestion, characterized by gas, bloating, your stomach feeling distended or like it's sticking out after certain meals, if you get sluggish, if you deal with constipation or diarrhea, you're gonna wanna pay attention because it usually comes down to one of three things being off. The first is low stomach acid production, the second is low enzyme production, and the third is gut dis dysbiosis, meaning you have too many of the quote-unquote bad bugs in your gut and not enough of the good ones. And the Bioptimizers Biohacking Secrets Upgraded Digestion Package addresses all of these root causes of suboptimal digestion. It's the best value you could possibly get if you are looking to take 30 days and turn your digestion completely around. And you can get that for just 177 bucks. It's usually 270 bucks by going to buyoptimizers.com forward slash biohacks. That's B I. I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S to check out the exclusive Biohacking Secrets upgraded digestion package for just 177 bucks today. Where would someone who's listening to this and realizes that they're lacking some of the intelligent self-experimentation, they're lacking some of the, um, you know, putting putting the, the, the system together for themselves, yeah, um, where, where do they so- go? Yeah, so that would be okay. At the moment, that would be go to movenet.com. We've had uh, we've had plenty of articles in the past that talk about a number of those aspects, and we're not just teaching people how to move through uh, certification workshops. We're also inspiring people to 
to just be nature, spend more time in nature, um, and you know other aspects of lifestyle. But otherwise, it will be natural movement. So naturalmovement.com is not released yet, but I'm working actively on it. Um, and when it will be, then that will be the again uh, the hub, the umbrella for everything natural movement lifestyle related, but starting with uh, the foundation, which is the movement practice. So online video courses, and then we'll provide, you know, inspiration and, 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 and material for, uh, you know, how to start changing other aspects of your lifestyle. People need an entry point. Sometimes it's movement and then they start to think of, oh, okay, it means I could spend more time in nature. I could change the way I eat. I could pay attention to how I sleep. Sometimes you start with changing your nutrition and then you realize, well, um, I eat more naturally. Can I maybe move more naturally? Can I live more naturally? Mm-hmm. Right? Could my living environments be more natural, etc.? So um, there are different, um, you, can, you gotta start somewhere. You gotta, if you can provide people with the plan, um, because also the world around us that we, which we call normal, that normalcy is very, very powerful, but not in a, in a positive way. It's powerful in the sense that it's really not helping us to break the inertia and engage in positive intentional changes, changes in our life. Mm-hmm. it's pretty much doing the opposite all the time, keeping us where we at. Okay. Just don't pay attention to what you eat. Keep eating your Doritos and your Oreos and whatever it is, your soda, keep smoking that, those cigarettes, keep drinking those, uh, you know, keep having all these chemicals in your body, in your life, in your home. Uh, it's not telling you, Hey, why don't you simplify why don't you cleanse? Why don't you fortify? Why don't you just, you could have, you know, when I say, hey, uh, look at the way tigers move, you could do the same. I'm not telling people, okay, tonight uh, you'll pack up, tomorrow at dawn, you'll leave everything behind with a little light back backpack and you'll go find a shack in nature and you're gonna live close to nature. That's not the proposition right there. The pros- proposition, is to have a strategy that's effective to create the best lifestyle, the best culture you would ever have that would acknowledge some of the comforts and conveniences that we've received from the modern modern life. Everybody's happy to take a car uh, in, if you don't have to walk 300 miles for days and days, right? Um, Everybody is happy to have comfort of a home. Everybody's happy to be in touch with your friends or for work or, you know, with, with a laptop or a phone, et cetera, et cetera. Those are an amazing array of super convenient tools from modern technology from the modern world, from science, from all of that. What we want to do is to look at how we could wisely benefit of those conveniences while not 
suffering from them because we become too addicted, because they're not used properly, they're used obsessively, it's not good. Um, while honoring and acknowledging our biological heritage and our need for nature, because we are made of nature, that's not a, that's not a romantic idea, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. All your cells right now, the cells with which make your neurons and with that enable you to think, to grab things in your life. You grab things with not just fingers, you grab them because you have a wrist that's attached to your elbow, to your shoulder, to your spine, goes to your brain. The brain has an intention, directs the body. The body does that, moves things around, etc., etc. Okay, but without that body that's made of the food you eat, that's made of the oxygen you breathe, that's made, that's maintained also through a number of vibrations from the earth, from the cosmos, from the light, from the sun, the moon, the tides, everything, electromagnetism, uh, every feel the earth, you're part of it. The food you eat was grown in the soil with the water from the, the earth, with the rain, with the sun, with with nutrients that themselves came from other animals or plants. Then you eat the animals too, uh, nourished by the plants, by the sun, by the soil, all the bacteria, everything, everything is interconnected. Who do you think you are that you're not part of this? That you're like so important and so special that you can't even acknowledge that every single minute that you're alive on this earth, you're breathing the earth from the planet, you bring the, the, the oxygen, the air from the planet, that you're completely, hopelessly dependent on it all. And all that you're concerned about is what's on TV tonight or something, you know, or how much you make or what people think of you or whatever preoccupation you have about your life, about yourself. Okay, I'm not saying that those things are not important. I'm just saying that there's more to it and there's more to life than just that. You can't just be isolated in your bubble and trapped in your mind all day and all life like that. You got to open up your spirit and connect with everything that surrounds you and that makes you so that you have appreciation for it all. Changing your food is not just about, okay, what's healthy for me? Is there the right vitamins and micronutrients and micro and macronutrients in it and this and that? And can I measure that? And is it good? And uh, how much do I need? Am I going to be healthy? Uh, how fast is it going to help me? It's good. But, uh, hey, next time you eat something. Feel the plants, feel the animal, feel the life they've had, feel how they've lived on this earth like you and how they have been nourished by the, the earth, the soil, the water, the light, the sun, everything. We're, you know, we're all in the same boat. So remember that. So true. I'm picturing, as we kind of bring this home, I'm picturing a model in, in through the words that you're saying, where it's almost like our quality of life is like 
it's it's a factor of the food that we choose to put in our body, the environment that we choose to live in, the, the emotions and the thoughts that we allow. And it's like all of these things are they're they're multi-directional you know how much how you move your body determines in many ways the thoughts you have and whether they're more positive or more negative and yep. Yep. and vice versa and how it, it's it, it's not a simple matter of honing in on just one thing it's choosing through more consciousness what you want for your life and what what are the areas that you that you integrate into your life in order to make that happen um, yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Everyone. Where for people who want to dig deeper for people who want, who know that they need more natural movement in their life. Do they start with your book? Do they go to move that? Is it naturalmovement.com? Where should they go? The book is a great start because, okay, it's about, I don't know, uh, $30. It's 480 pages, a big book, but not it's amazing. to worry because hardcover, tons you. of pictures, beautiful Thank you. Um, there's no, uh, there's no nerdy, complicated um, uh, material in this book. It starts with twenty uh, percent of the book is the manifesto. It's really about understanding what it is and why. Um, why is it that makes sense to to move this way, to exercise that way? But it's super insightful. Uh, it's just tons of very just straightforward, practical, inspiring insights on why it makes sense. It's the natural movement manifesto in 12 principles. Um, then it's about the all the rest of the, the book, that's 80% of the book, is all about the how to. How to. How do you train this? How do you learn the techniques? What techniques? What are the progressions? What are the regressions? What are the variations? Uh, what are the key points that make a technique work or not work? What are those movements? Well, you have uh, several get-ups, some with hands, some with no hands. Um, you have uh, all kinds of balancing techniques on your feet, in straddle sit positions, uh, walking on all fours, etc., etc. So hanging, you think, well, how do I hang? You're probably thinking of just, you know, the dead hang, just hanging like that. And well, that's all I can think about. Well, you'll see that we'll have literally dozens of examples of, you know, diverse ways to hang from a bar from the same pull-up bar, from some branch. Uh, those are just examples of the incredible wealth of movement that natural movement presents you with. And obviously that whole how-to, it's basically the MoveNet method. So what MoveNet is to natural movement? MoveNet is the method for the practice of natural movement. Natural movement is both the physical behavior, the movements that we all do universally, again, you know, running, jumping, hanging, climbing, lifting, carrying, all of that. And by extension, it's also a certain way to live that involves spending time in nature, um, exposure to sunlight and sunshine, daylight, um, connection to nature through your bare feet. So food function, um, what you eat, how you should eat, um, sleep, you know, patterns of, of lifestyle that once were pretty much universal to all human beings. And then we become civilized and we start to have all these technologies and it has changed so much. And today people are trying to get back to more simplicity and more health. 
So um, when you have become unhealthy, number one, there's a reason. The reason is because that entire lifestyle, lack of movement, uh, stress, all kind of negative environmental stressors, you want to change them by positive environmental stressors. So there's a lot, lot to do, lots to consider. So um, the book is a great start because, well, first off, it's about $30 investment and you will learn, learn so much. And once you start, then again, like I said before, you, you might start thinking, hmm, I made, I made myself move again. I'm enjoying my movement now. It makes me feel great in my body, in my mind. And it's natural. What else can I do? apart from my movement, from my physical behavior on a day-to-day basis, what else could I do that would bring the same kind of results and even more results? And that would, of course, have the same guiding principle, which is naturalness. Naturalness. What's naturalness? Well, the naturalness of the air uh, that you breathe, the naturalness of the light that you absorb through your skin, the naturalness of the environment where you find yourself, uh, the naturalness of uh, your sleep, um, what would be the naturalness of your of your mind and heart? Well, the naturalness originally it's like literally to be happy and content. I mean, I'm in Mexico right now. I'm in a very small fisherman village, and really, some people are really poor here. Uh, they're really humble. I'm going to tell you what they have, and that's actually very natural. They're happy. They yeah. have happiness. They smile to you, they acknowledge you, they look at you in the eyes, they say, buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches, you know, they look at you, they interact with you, they take the time to talk to you, they're not like, like just, you know, dismissing you or being like, oh, I'm so busy or, you know, it's just, and they ask simple questions, you know, how are you today? How's the family? Right. Are you happy? Checking in and with they have that en- <laughs> Yes, exactly. So if you think that, uh, you know, being moody all day, being depressed, depressed all day, being moody, being negative, you think, you think that this is normal? I'm sorry to tell you, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. And it's That's not a factor of how much money it's, you have. It's not a matter of how successful you are. No, no, because some people who have a lot of money are jerks and they're negative, very negative people. A lot of people also don't have a lot of money are the same, right? So it, how much money you got in your bank account is irrelevant to how healthy and happy you are, mm-hmm. really. Um, it's the choices that you make intentionally, the choices of what you eat, how you sleep, how you interact with people, how you interact with yourself. How is it that you operate your mind? How is it that you operate, operate your, your heart? Uh, based on what values, based on what expectation, what experience is it that you seek? And this is ex- self-examination. If you don't have self-examination, um, not just once, but every day, examine yourself. Oh, oh, I realize right now that I've been sitting for five hours straight, mm-hmm. right? And that I need movement. Okay, well, if you don't have the ability to self-examine, then you don't live in notice. Oh, I realize that I'm eating that whole bag of junk food. Well, if you're not self-examined, then you don't even notice. Oh, I realize that I've been thinking all negative the whole day. Well, if you don't have self-examination, that you don't realize you're doing this, you find it normal. Mm-hmm. Normal means nothing. It doesn't mean anything relevant. Normal is what you are accustomed to. Unhealthy or not. But most of the time, if you have not examined it, it's very likely that it's not healthy. 
Yeah, that's not positive. Period. Oh. I, I agree. All of this starts with reclaiming your consciousness, reclaiming your awareness, not necessarily giving it to things where you're just observing what other people are doing on social yeah. media. You're looking yeah. at your own life, not other yeah. people's lives. And I'm going to add this very quickly. Yeah. I'm going to add this very quickly because a lot of people may think, oh my God, it starts to be complicated. That's too much. You got to think of all these things. You got to do all these things. I got to change all of that. That's going to take time and energy and maybe money. Well, here's the, uh, Here's the counterpoint to this. Not to worry, because living the way you do, which is not satisfying, clearly if it was, you probably would not be listening to this show, right? Because it wouldn't matter to you. So if you are, it's because either you are already on your way of starting to make change, which is a beautiful thing, so bravo. But if you're just considering it, but not doing it yet, well, think of it this way. Right now, to live a normal life, unexamined, you know, normal life that you have, you are spending all your time, all your energy, and all your money on it already. So to think that, oh, well, if I want a healthy life, it's going to be time, energy, and money. Well, that's already the case. Are you happy with the result? Well, if you're not, then you could spend the same amount of time, same amount of energy, and, and some of your money on making changes that will improve your life and improve your happiness and improve your satisfaction of that experience of yourself, which you call life. So why don't you do it already? Because you've got nothing to lose, apparently. Just do it. I love it. Great place for us to, to, to bring it home. Everyone, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me and, and, and everyone listening and enjoying the Biohacking Secrets show. We appreciate your body of work. You're welcome. Guys, hanging out. If, if you thank don't you. have a, a movement practice, a regular movement practice, start with that. Commit to a certain period of time. I recommend 90 days. Get yourself moving. Don't break your body down. Do it in a way that builds you up. And then or even today, pick up the practice of natural movement book and start integrating some of the some of the things that Erwin teaches into what you're doing. But first, you start doing it, then you start doing it right, and you build from there. You pay attention to how you feel, do more of the things that make you feel good, and that's that's how it all starts. Erwin Lacour, you're the man. Appreciate everything that you've done and the contributions that you are you, that you continue to make. Thank you so much. It has been an honor. Thank you, and I share likewise. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony. What's up, guys? Anthony here, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. One of my favorite things to do is helping men and women like you feel what it's like with the body you've always wanted and all-day energy that starts the moment you wake up and doesn't quit. Over the past decade, we've created a proprietary health assessment that helps me to identify the unique toxicities and deficiencies that may be holding you back from the life that you deserve. And what we've discovered in doing this with now thousands of CEOs, executives, professional athletes, businessmen, Hollywood celebrities, and entrepreneurs is that there's always room for improvement and optimization. Whether you're already performing at a high level or you have that feeling inside your heart that you're capable of more, the single fastest way to unlock your potential is to upgrade your mind and your body. And there's no program on earth that does that faster or to a greater magnitude than our one-on-one -on -one consulting program at www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. 
We start with our proprietary health assessment that screens you for vitamin deficiencies like A, D, magnesium, iron, etc., high cholesterol and heart disease, high blood pressure, digestive disorders, hidden infections like Lyme, Epstein-Barr, parasites, SIBO, candida, and more that can just drain your energy in the background, especially if you don't know about them. Anxiety, depression, and cognitive disorders, autoimmune disease, adrenal fatigue, thyroid issues, mold toxicity, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and other genetic risk factors like MTHFR, APOE status, your glutathione production, and many more. We even recommend the specific tests that I use with my one-on-one clients if they're relevant for you in figuring out your biological age and identifying those key areas and opportunities that can take your life to the next level. From there, we create a customized game plan along with a personalized supplement protocol to help you optimize your weight and energy at the cellular level. And for our platinum clients, we even include a personalized workshop with me in Delray Beach, Florida. Most of the year, this program's full with a waiting list, but we just had a couple spots open up and I wanted to offer them to the listeners of the Biohacking Secrets show first. So if you're interested in seeing what it might look like for us to work together, head over to www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash coaching. That's www.biohackingsecrets.com forward slash C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G and fill out the short application form. If you're pre-approved, you'll be given the opportunity to book a time to connect with someone on our team and see if it's a fit. Thank you so much for being a part of this community, and I look forward to potentially going on this journey together. 